Doug McCary, it's Thursday, July 20th. Hard to believe we're almost into August of 2023. And uh, as always, Thursdays are our guest day. And my wife gives me grief for the way I say Thursday. All you people in Mississippi, you get me out there because that's just the way I talk. But uh, anyway, I'm uh, glad to uh, have my guest in here today on Thursday. We, uh, if you're just tuning in to SWAT uh, Radio, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and it spawned out of the SWAT Bible Studies here in Jacksonville. And um, the goal at uh, SWAT, uh, whether it's the SWAT Bible Studies or SWAT Radio, uh, is to teach God's Word um, accurately, to exposit it, and then help explain it to cross that 2000 year bridge as well as the cultural bridge between east and west so that we can take those principles and live out as god's kingdom people in the culture in which we live and uh, the two guests that i have today are going to speak i think pretty clearly to why it's important for us to have those principles Sometimes I call it translated, interpreted, whatever, because a lot of people read the Bible and it doesn't really impact the way they live in their culture. They just take the information in and they think because they receive the information, that's enough. But it's not. We are to be uh, God's kingdom people, putting him on display wherever we go so that people see us and go, wow, something's different. God, the one thing I see in the Old Testament is that God always wanted his people to stand out from the world system because the world system is dominated by Satan. It is. Uh, He has temporary uh, and limited authority here, but God wants his people to stand out. And these two men I have in the studio today uh, have gone through a program and, and actually helped lead the local part of this program that you might want to look at and be involved in it. And so um, I just am so thankful that um, I have uh, the Admiral and Mark Holcomb here. I, I'm just going to call you the Admiral. It's hard for me not to uh, to say that uh, because that's what he was. He uh, served. Thank you for your service uh, in the Navy. He was a Navy uh, pilot, uh, test pilot, and he, he'll share more than that. And uh, Mark Thank you for joining us. Mark, you, um, and it's, um, I'm sorry, Admiral Eastberg, uh, thank you for being here today. Steve works well also. Yeah, (laughs) well, it's just hard for me being a captain in the Marine Corps. uh, It's hard to go there. But uh, if, if, you know, you want to call him Steve, Mark, you can. I'm just going to call him the Admiral. Uh, But uh, Mark, uh, welcome to SWAT Radio. Both you guys, first timers here. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. It's good to be here, Doug. Uh, thanks for having us. And uh, I wanted to uh, just extend a thank you to uh, Mr. Lockwood Holmes. He's a mutual friend. He actually went through the program mm-hmm. last year, and I think he uh, he kind of got us uh, linked up, uh, Doug. So. Yes, he's been a friend of this program for a, for a long time, and uh, we've actually had him on. And he uh, he's a good brother in the Lord who really cares about a Christian worldview. Um, and before we really get started, this 
this program that you're a part of has a namesake for Chuck Colson. And I met Mr. Colson, I told you, over in Russia uh, at uh, a prison fellowship thing over there. I was doing ministry in Russia, and they he was over there. What a great just guy to talk to. I mean, like, in light of where he had been, the things he had experienced, and even his success at prison fellowship, just really down-to-earth, very humble, and uh, just really enjoyed being able to interact with him. Can you tell us a little bit, and I'll start with you, Mark, why the Colson Fellows Program that you guys have been a part of and are, are kind of overseeing here was started by Chuck Colson? Why did he start that program? Yeah, yeah, sure. Let me um, just give you a little background on uh, on, on Chuck. Uh, Chuck was uh, the founder of Prison Fellowship, like you mentioned, uh, which uh, grew out of the, the time that he spent in prison uh, for his uh, involvement in the Watergate uh, 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 process there. He, uh, I think he served as a, a, a chief attorney. He was an advisor to President Nixon. And uh, yeah, if he was around today, I doubt he'd even get a slap on the wrist with what they did back then. Yeah, really. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to deteriorate. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, not yeah, meaning. I, I think you're right. Uh, uh, anyway, but Good. but you know, he was he was a, a, a marine, and uh, he um, uh, really had, I think, a a passion after he became a Christian through the Rottergate situation. Um, well, it wasn't it in prison itself. Wasn't yes. it, it was in prison where he, he actually came. Yeah, to he had a close friend that uh, really stepped in, uh, uh, a Christ-following friend, mm -hmm. and uh, really ministered to the family mm -hmm. and uh, into Chuck during that time. And, and through that uh, relationship, he uh, he became a he became a Christian. But um, but but he had a real passion for. Uh, uh, teaching others to become involved in the, uh, in the culture, you know, not just, you know, salvation for the future, but to actually become involved and fulfill the, the cultural mandate mm -hmm. that, uh, that we find, uh, you know, starting out and actually in, in Genesis. Um, so he started something called the Centurion program and, uh, it you're kidding me. Yeah, that's it, what he it, called it. That is fascinating. I just I just started an LLC called the Centurion Group. Actually, I because one of the ways that's just funny to me. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, I, go ahead. I uh, I train people. I train law enforcement in firearms reactive shooting as a platform for reaching out into the community and into that career field because they you know that's just uh, it's a I think an untapped area for a lot of churches and, and ministries to really go into that. And with my background, I, I I needed to start an LLC. So I called it the Centurion Training Group. And uh, because, you know, nothing bad was ever said about a centurion in the scriptures. Isn't that crazy? You think about the fact that they're Roman centurions. So I just that's find that fascinating. So what was it called again? So it was called the Centurion Program. And um it was all done uh, on uh, uh, the, uh, they, they kind of had a retreat mm -hmm. center, and uh, people would sign up for this. It was about a, a, a full-year program, nine, ten months, just similar to the fellows program. And, uh, but it was all done through uh, uh, on-site, uh, basically, conferences that they held three times during that, during that process. Uh, but let, let me just read you a, a quote from Chuck. Hmm. Um, Chuck's vision for the Fellows Program or the Centurion Program, this is what he uh, actually said uh, about the Centurion Program. I have a burning passion 
It's the first item on my prayer list every day, and that's to see a movement of Christians raised up from the churches to defend truth in the marketplace of ideas and to live out the gospel, like you were talking about. Um, nothing less than this kind of awakening can possibly save our quickly deteriorating cultures. Yeah, he was one of the first guys that I read uh, that really, to me, um, and I, I'm not sure if he and Josh McDowell were about the same time writing some of this stuff, but uh, his book, How Now Shall We Live, I used to teach men as a men's discipleship book teaching mm-hmm. them because I thought it was so impactful, which is, I think, probably encompassate, encom- en- encapsulate, sorry, encapsulates all, all this stuff that you guys are talking about. Um, so, so he started that program to want to help with the worldview um, when you talk about worldview, Steve, just based on your experience with going through this, well, how would you define that term for somebody out there who's going, well, I, I don't really know what that means totally. Like, I mean, worldview, is it just values or is it? So how would you, de- how would you help them understand why it's important to go through something like this as a believer? Yeah, certainly an important question, uh, Doug. And first of all, I want to thank you for having us on, on as well this afternoon. Um, the formal definition of a worldview is along the lines of a, a belief system or a, uh, an ideology, or we would call it a theology, mm-hmm. about life that, that really shapes how we see the world and how we understand it and how we act within that, that um, lens that we view the world. Um, I think Chuck would probably describe it as the, the sum total of our beliefs about the world, the big picture, mm-hmm. basically, that defines all, all of our daily decisions. That's mm-hmm. how he would look at it. Uh, in that book, you, that very book you mentioned, which happens to be one of the uh, books that's on the reading list of the Colson Fellow Program. Well, it's a good, and his book, Born Again, is great. I've given that book out to a lot of people. It tells his story um, of, of, of how he came to faith in Christ. Well, so you guys are out there do you come mark from a business background right yeah correct i was uh, in uh, consumer products uh, for about 33 years i uh, uh, worked as a uh, health and safety uh, technical expert and, okay uh, did some consulting as well as up, uh, up in the wisconsin area yeah, right yeah right yeah and, and, and you can probably guess what company that is so. uh, well, <laughs> well uh we won't ask you to to say their name but mm-hmm. uh but uh, and admiral you were um you were in the military, um, career military guy, because you don't get to be admiral unless you're kind of at least 20 years, right? Is that when you pick it up, 21, 22, maybe? So typically about the 22-year point. 22, yeah. And um, and so you served um, as a pilot. You were, yeah, I know you, you shared uh, earlier you were a test pilot. Um, what? How did you two guys come together in this program? Did they just throw lines out? like public advertisement, anybody interested? How, how did that work? I'll start with you, Steve, then move to Mark. So how well, did you get involved with it? It was a, a long journey to get to this point. Uh, not just the time in the Navy, which was about 35 years, but just really the Lord had been working in my heart for many years to bring to this point. I, I grew up in a, in a Christian home, and I, um, I tried to stay faithful in my calling to Christ, but I found myself only nominally participating in, in the Lord's work uh, given my schedule and many other things that seemed to always interrupt. And I really wanted to invest much more time in things that had e- eternal importance. So um, 
after three and a half decades of uh, Navy service, another 10 years in, in private industry, uh, I decided I wanted to dial it back and invest that remaining time in, uh, in something that was going to be of kingdom consequence. So um, the, the Lord uh, blessed us with the opportunity to move down here to Florida, where two of our three sons were. Uh, th- two of our sons are Navy pilots. Uh, I guess the, uh, the acorn doesn't fall far from the tree. Actually, my acorn didn't fall far from my dad's tree because he was a World War II veteran. Uh, oh, was so he? Was he a, a pilot also? He was actually a um, electronics technician on uh, carriers like the Wasp and the Hornet and the okay. Trepid in the wow. some big battles of Pacific. So I grew up hearing stories about kamikazes and wow. that sort of thing. Um, so, the, but the Lord had been tugging at me for a long time, and I just really wanted to, to make uh, an investment in, in in some some different kinds of things than just uh, helping national security and those kinds of things. So my wife and I decided to move down here and to get involved. And one of the first things that we stumbled upon was um, the Colson Fellows Program. And I'd read some of Chuck's books. I'd heard Breakpoint, which is the daily broadcast. And I decided this is now the time to pull the trigger and to really do a deep dive into worldview and develop those skills and understanding that it would take to, uh, to really start engaging in a meaningful way. Well, I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to hearing more as we go into our program. We've got to take our first break here. Uh, here in a second. Uh, And Mark, uh, when we come back from the break, uh, I want you to share how you got involved. Uh, But but the uh, person who's out there who's listening who goes, I'd like to find out more information. Where where can they go to find that out? Probably the uh, the best spot is to go to uh, colsonfellows.org. And that's C-O-L-S-O-N fellows dot O-R-G. Correct. Right, colsonfellows.org. And you can find out more information. And uh, I think you guys got a deadline of application coming up July 31st. Is that correct? That's correct for this year's program. Yeah, so if if you have any interest in developing your worldview, highly recommend this, colsonfellows.org. And we're going to come back in just a minute. We're going to hear more from Mark and uh, Admiral Eastberg on SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjax.com. That's guardiangroupjax.com. 
The Guardian Group, happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. The Florida Georgia Truth Network in Brunswick at 91.3. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. I'd like to thank our sponsors who help put SWAT Radio on the air, Ace Door and Window, um, you know, uh, Highway to Eternity Ministries, The Guardian Group, um, Tom Neal Trucking. Really appreciate you guys uh, making it possible for us to broadcast here in Georgia and Mississippi and up in uh, Virginia. And uh, to all the people that listen through our stream on SWATradio.com. If you're listening today and you want to share this or go back and listen, you can go to SWATradio.com and click on the past programs link or past shows. I can't remember what it says, but I don't like referring this to a show, guys. It's a program because I'm not about entertaining anybody. I just want people to get information. And what you guys are offering today is really helpful. And uh, we're talking with uh, Mark Holcomb and Admiral Stephen Eastberg, who um, have gone through the Colson Fellows Program, along with Lockwood Holmes, who introduced us. And they're, they're here today just sharing uh, some of their own story and why it's important to have this Christian worldview. Uh, real quick, before I get into Mark's, I, I was sharing with him, I traveled to Russia a lot um, from the 90s, mid-90s up to about you know 2006 and seven. did a lot of conferences over there. And when I went over there, uh, and I was talking to people who couldn't tell you what a Bible was, they didn't know anything, everybody understood values. Everybody has value systems. Everybody understood priorities. And I was able to share with them a, a, a model somebody had shared with me about how uh, the, if, you, if you draw a dot in the middle and then concentric circles, like four concentric circles, that dot in the middle, your cortex there is your belief system, whatever it is. And the next little circle is your, uh, your goals and values. 
The next circle is your priorities. And then the, the fourth circle is what the world around you sees. <clears throat> you can try to alter those outer three circles, but whatever that belief system is going to bleed through on every one of those if you don't have the right belief system. And that's what I shared with them over there about truth. If the belief system's based on a lie, if it's not true, then it's corrupt. And it's it just like a corrupt computer program. It will impact your goals and values. It'll impact your priorities. And it'll in, impact what people see and what you ultimately build. And I thought that was a great model. You guys, after going through this program, does that sound familiar to you guys at all? Do they teach anything about that? I'm just curious. Oh, yeah, 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 ab ab absolutely, uh, Doug. Um, yeah, one, one of the... Uh, things that the uh, we really focus on is is uh, looking at truth and and looking at it from kind of four questions and I really like your comment on on lies because you know that that's the only power that the enemy has over us he yeah. was a liar from the beginning he's you the know. father of lies right yeah <laughs> he, he, he told us that you know that he he, he told uh, Adam and Eve that that the, uh, you know, they wouldn't, you know, God wasn't enough to nourish him. You know, she looked at the uh, fruit and said, hey, that, that fruit looks good for food, you know. Um, it was pleasing to the eyes. You know, God wasn't enough to give us the beauty that we that we need in our life. And uh, and then the final one, wisdom, right? You know, following God, you aren't going to be wise, you know. And it, it, so anyway, a lie from the beginning. But uh, well, I'm curious about the four questions. Yeah, Are you going to tell us yeah, those? Yeah, the four questions that... Uh, Dr. Keller or Dr. Timothy Keller's definition of uh, worldview, which I, I kind of relate to real, real easily, is uh, it's essentially the master narrative or a fundamental story that answers the four big questions. Where did we come from? What's our origin? What, uh, what, is human life in, what should this human life in the world be like? Uh, and then what knocked it off balance? You know, why isn't it what it should be? You know, why do we even have a sense that it should be a certain? Mm -hmm. And then what can be done to make it uh, to make it right? Mm -hmm. That's good. I like that. Well, um, tell me, uh, Mark, how did a business guy like you? Uh, I, I know you said you came down here for your grandkids to get closer right. to them. But how did you get connected to the Colson Fellows Program? What what drew you in? Yeah, we um, I, I grew up uh, uh, I, at a very early age. I had a God awareness. I had a serious blood disease that I was actually cured from at age 10. Wow. And that really got my attention. The, the physician that treated me actually uh, said that it was a miracle uh, the way. So I, I right away, and it was because of the prayers of my mother and father and, and the church that we were attending. Um, but uh, I really began following Christ in earnest at age 17. Okay. Uh, through uh, some crew ministry. And uh, when I went to uh, uh, college, then I got involved with the Navigator Ministry, and they really were responsible for my Navs spiritual are great, aren't formation. They? Did yeah. you go through NAV 2-7? Uh, yeah, I've been through NAV 2-7. <laughs> Actually, I was trained to lead it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's great stuff. My uh, my wife really is last on to that, and she likes to, to lead that in the it's a, it's a good discipleship it training. It is. Yeah, it's just, just solid. But anyway, in the in that process, I uh, one thing that they really got us involved with was was outreach and sharing our faith with others, and uh, you know I, I think that's what really uh, got me um, looking at the uh, worldview because you, you get asked tough questions, right? 
and you don't know how to answer them. And, uh, but being able to uh, develop some, some good questions that you can go in and ask people to help them understand what their worldview is. Most people have never really thought about it, including myself. I never really delved into, you know, why I believe what I believe. And, uh, but asking some, some good questions. I, I like Greg Conkle. Right. Uh, Greg Kunkel's good. Yeah. Yeah. His tactics questions, you know, what do you mean by that? Yeah. That, <laughs> and, uh, that, that, you know, one of my friends says that book <laughs> is very dangerous because you can use it for, I mean, you can really get yeah. mentally like mental gymnastics with people and jujitsu and throw it on people and yeah. it can mess you up, them up, you know, cause it's got, he's good. He's got a lot of good. You have to be gentle it. with people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it, uh, so that, that I think is what drove me as I saw the culture deteriorating. I, uh, I did read Francis Schaefer. I actually got to hear him speak and I'll kind of tell you what my age is, uh, back in the uh, mid seventies. And, and, uh, you know, he was a real student, obviously a culture, but we could see even at that time, things were de deteriorating mm -hmm. and I wanted to be able to be, uh, uh, you know, more attuned, more skilled at being able to speak into that. Mm -hmm. So that, that's why I was a listener of Breakpoint. And uh, so I uh, signed up for the Colson Fellows Program in uh, 2017 and was commissioned in 2018 up in Wisconsin. Oh, so you where, went through it up there. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. did you go through it, Steve, uh, Admiral? Yeah, actually, um, I just finished the program two months ago. Here in and Jacksonville. Mark was our, our leader of the cohort. Okay. There's a Jacksonville uh, Colson Fellows cohort. So you went through with Lockwood then? I went through with Lockwood. We all study partners. He carried me along the whole way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's good. Uh, well, you know, reading, talking about some of those books, did you guys, uh, have, you're old enough maybe to remember, did you ever read anything by Cliff Neckley? Do you remember that name? He wrote a book called Give Me an Answer, which was really good because you're right. One of the things um, that, and what I loved about that book is, he just put those questions down. He kind of cataloged questions that people asked that were hard for him to deal with and wrote that to help people um, uh, deal with that. And when you think about the world we live in now, it's a lot more complicated than it was when we were growing up, like in our teens. Like, you know, I, th I think back to the 70s and uh, the 80s and um, – it is so much more complicated now. And I was watching yesterday one of the congressmen interview an Air Force general hmm. about who's, who runs the Air Force Academy. And he was asking him about terms about gender that the general couldn't even define. So these are qualifying conditions for people to come. I mean, these are people they need to respect, but they can't even define what they are. That's where we are as a country. So that's why it's really important to understand truth and to understand where our basis for truth comes from. And, you know, one of the things I'll just comment about you guys that I've picked up on that I like, and it's like me, like if I hear about a book I haven't read about that I think is good, I'm going to write the, I'm going to write it down. I want to try to find it. You know, I, I've had people actually email in, well, why do you need to read books? The only book we need to read is the Bible, you know, and they've actually, I've gotten in dialogues with that about that. And yes, we do need to read the Bible. But if you go back and read the Bible, most people don't know. Paul quoted um, contemporary poets when he was, when he was dealing with people, he quoted poets that were contemporaries of his uh, to, to, engage with people 
who were pagans. And so he knew the culture. It doesn't mean we, we let the culture dominate uh, the way we do things. We're not pragmatic, but we are to be wise as serpents. And if people have written books to help us learn how our belief system, uh, first of all, we need to know what our belief system is, right? We, we need to know the truth. And uh, we're going we're gonna to go. We have to break for news on the half hour. When we come back, I, I, I heard, we heard your story, Mark. I want to hear from the Admiral how he came to faith. What I know he had like some kind of incident when he was flying. I want to hear about that. And then we're going to hear more about the Colson Center. One more time, July 31st, deadline to sign up for this coming year. How do they go to it again to sign up? ColsonFellows.org. That's C-O-L-S-O-N Fellows.org. We'll be right back after the news. Stay with us on SWAT Radio. Yeah, it's not just you. A lot of people are wondering why so many big corporations are actively promoting ideas and values that their own customers don't support. And honestly, this is another reason MediShare is so attractive to people who don't want to use their own healthcare dollars to pay for things they don't believe in. MediShare is the refreshing alternative. They're a nonprofit ministry. It's a community of like-minded Christians helping each other live healthy lifestyles. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they save a lot, too. Most families save around $500 a month. And member satisfaction surveys consistently show they like it much more than health insurance. So for you, maybe it's time. Find out how you can not only save, but freely choose to be part of something you believe in. Here's the number you can call now, 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. There's some delays because of a multi-vehicle crash on the East Beltway, 295 southbound at Monument Road. Also, there's another accident on the East Beltway, 295 southbound before Alta Drive. Partly cloudy tonight, low 79. Friday, sunny and hot, high 100. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain Hey, it's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries with SWAT Radio on a Thursday, July 20th. We are live. I have in the studio today Admiral Stephen Eastberg, former Hornet pilot, and uh, Mark Holcomb, who both are part of the Colson Fellows. They uh, completed the Colson Fellows program, and they help lead here in the Jacksonville area the regional Colson Fellows Program and the Colson Fellows Program uh, is a worldview um, solidifying program. I'll say that as far as the truths of Scripture, and you can apply to go through it. It is um, they're taking applications. Uh, the July thirty first is the deadline. You can go to colsonfellows.org 
and apply for the 2023 to 2024 program. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Although I'm on here and it says applications are closed. Is that That's not true? wrong. Okay. That's not true. Well, thank yeah. you. I wanted to bring that out. So do, it says on the website the applications are closed, but you can go on there, fill out an application, and submit it. And July 31st, which is only 11 days away, go ahead and do that. And I uh, highly recommend it. And uh, they're here today kind of sharing with us. And uh, bef you know, during the last segment, Mark brought up the – four questions about worldview that kind of are some of the things they deal with. Where do we come from? What should life be like here? What knocked it off course and what can be done about it? Uh, these are questions that everybody deals with. We have a world full of hurt right now. We got people that don't know what gender they are. We have people that don't know God's design for marriage. Uh, they don't know God's design for life. Uh, and they're wondering what to do. And it's kind of like, um, you know, if you look in, uh, in in the judges' time period, you know, people were just kind of doing what was right in their own eyes. And, and God would let people struggle some. And I think he's letting the U.S. struggle some right now to, to deal with some of these things that uh, he's wanting. He wants people to be in fellowship with him in his kingdom. And so... Uh, Admiral, uh, you were a Hornet pilot. Did you always fly the Hornet, or did you start off with a different plane? Actually, uh, I started out in S3s, the S3 Viking, oh, okay. uh, anti-submarine warfare plane. And um, having flown that in a squad, couple squadrons, I uh, then went, went to test pilot school. And then at that point, you just start flying lots of stuff. Yeah, you get to fly. Uh, that, that's kind of yeah. like the card. I call it the e-ticket card. You get to fly all different fun things, right? You basically, the night before, you pull up the uh, the, the NATOS manual or whatever the cool one is, and you figure out how to get out of the airplane emergency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, and you were up at Pax River, right? Uh, that, or, isn't that right? You said I did. Uh, yeah, I tra actually transitioned out of the operational Navy at that point in time into an engineering and aeronautical engineering uh, core where we had responsibility for designing the aircraft and maintaining them. And, and uh, so I had an opportunity to, at one point I uh, had the portfolio of Marine aircraft, rotor craft, tilt rotors and all that. So uh, do you flew the, you got to fly the, uh, the tilt rotor, the, yeah, uh, the v Osprey. Yeah. Yeah. The V 22. That's wild. As well as some of the, that's where I really got to know the Marines very well. I'm well, you said you flew in a Harrier too, right? I did. All right. So Harrier, me being a Harrier pilot and the Osprey, which one did you like better? Well, since you're outside of arm's reach uh, right now, I'm going to tell you I like like the Osprey better. You did just because the yeah. tilt rotor, because you could auto rotate down. It was uh, they both had some similar sensations in terms of transitioning from vertical to uh, for, uh, forward flight. Very strange, but um, the maneuverability of the Ospreys it's really unmatched, and uh, you know the reliability. It's it's one of the safest aircraft in the Marine Corps per per passenger mile at, at this point in time. General public doesn't understand that. Yeah. But there, the Marines had done some wonderful things in the years before I got uh, to that program executive officer position. We were had to basically throw the the AH ones and UH ones into the the fight in Iraq uh, with not many spares. So it was a pretty hair on fire time. <laughs> well, tell us. Um, so your journey of faith. You said you grew up kind of in a home that raised you to go to church. Is that correct? Yeah, I was I was very fortunate. Uh, both my parents were strong believers, and so I don't know a time that I didn't. I was not in church on Sunday, but more importantly, um, I, I come to, came to know the Lord at a very early age. 
Um, but I can't say that I was really living for him for many years, but I constantly felt that tug at my heart, a calling of sorts. Sort of the, the, the theme throughout my life has been I'm, I'm being called many times. I wasn't faithful in the colony, but I, I wanted to be faithful. And so I feel like the, the time is now, and that's why this program was such a, a wonderful blessing that fell in my lap to, uh, to gain this understanding, to gain these tools, and now I feel like I'm well-equipped to go out into the culture and in, make an impact. Uh, well, you know, like me, the, the military is a tough place to live out your faith, right? I mean, you, I'm sure you saw that the way I did, or at least it, it, you had to see some similarities. Uh, you had an attention getter in your life. That's what I call it. I had one in my life. What happened? How, what, how did, how did uh, God kind of get your attention in your life there? And that's exactly how I'd framed it is God was getting my attention. Um, I was testing an S3 and we were out over the Chesapeake Bay, uh, putting sinusoidal rotor sweeps in to gather data to improve the flight simulator. And we got so sideways to the slipstream that we broke off our vertical tail. It ripped off and it took with it the horizontal stab stabilizer. So the airplane just started tumbling through the air. So you had no tail, no tail, control. no tail at all. Um, we snapped up under about 10 and a half G's ripped off the right wing, uh, opened up the fuel tanks and exploded in a big fireball. Wow. Now the remarkable thing about that was what I just described took about three seconds. So I pulled the ejection handle 0.95 seconds after the tail came off, less than a second after the tail came off, and we only got out of the airplane with two one-hundredths of a second. So we were going up the ejection rails as the airplane was exploding around me. That, and so you, uh, you probably could feel the heat. You don't remember it probably, do you? Yeah, I, I remember a lot of things because your senses slow down very, mm-hmm. very quickly. I remember a big fireball in front of me, and I remember the explosion uh, like a tree um, cracking in the forest, it seemed like. And then I remember myself in the parachute descending and seeing tens of thousands of pieces of airplane around me. Uh-huh. Um, and then how the, uh, the pilot in the left seat got rescued was another miracle. Num- miracle number one that we got out of the airplane. Miracle number two, uh, the pilot um, uh, landed in the water and he was getting pulled under when, when I got to him. Because he still had his chute on? He still had his chute on. He was head- Big sea anchors, all that is, right? He was getting pulled along, so I was able to get out and cut his shrouds, you know the, you know the equipment very well, uh, and pulled him into the rescue boat, which was a, a state police helicopter, um, uh, uh, fishing warden boat. And then we, uh, we got him to the eastern shore of Maryland. When we got to the eastern shore, uh, there was a medevac helicopter sitting right where we landed. Wow. And the reason was, when I was coming down to my parachute, I made some mayday calls, not knowing if anybody heard it, but the helicopter dispatch, uh, police helicopter dispatch heard it, and they put the helicopter exactly where we pulled in. Wow. So miracle number three. Uh, and then Sean was treated uh, at, the, at Johns Hopkins, uh, and he survived. He almost died in my arms on the way to the eastern shore. But I say all of that because um, there's a bunch of miracles that stacked up that day. And I know that and many of the investigators said there's no way that we should be alive. Mm-hmm. So I guess I feel like I've been leaving, living on borrowed time for many years. Mm-hmm. What, what year was that? 1992. Okay. And uh, Sean was not a believer at the time. He... Um, he had a very hard time because he got banged up really bad. And uh, we would call each other on their, on their anniversary. And uh, one, one year I was calling him, and he sounded very discouraged. And I didn't think much about it, hung up the phone. Ten years later on our call, he said, Steve, that day you called me back in 1997, I was thinking about taking my life. Wow. And I said, Sean, I had no idea. Um, he said, your, your encouragement, your witness basically saved me from losing my life. 
So miracle number five, I guess you call that. Yeah. But so God was uh, very much at work in that terrible situation, and He also got my attention that He has something for me, mm-hmm. and I come to realize that this is what it is. This is the calling that He's given to me, just like. Many of us um, have callings. God, all of us as believers have callings. And so this has opened up some amazing doors for me to um, engage with um, not only the, the community of graduates, but now I've been connected with some of the other uh, senior uh, military graduates, and we're looking at maybe starting a cohort for military members unique to the military needs in the future. So there's um, just, uh, just a whole world of opportunity has opened up uh, to teach worldview. You know, Chuck, um, Chuck observed that the real battle against it's really, it's, it's worldview against worldview. It's not religion against religion, some of the things we were talking about. It's, it's really the worldview. And one side we had the naturalistic worldview that claims that uh, the universe is just a product of blind, purposeless forces. And on the other hand, we know what Scripture says about the biblical worldview, telling us that we were created by a transcendent creator who loves us and he has a purpose for our lives. And that's what um, I'm, I'm committed to trying to expand. Well, got my attention getter happened in 87. And um, I, I just remember for me, uh, I, I shared with you guys what happened. A bird came through my windshield on a training mission going about 450. And the flight surgeon said, had it hit me in the heart directly, it would have killed me on impact. If it would hit me in the face directly, it would have killed me on impact. But it hit me about three inches to the left and uh, did a lot of damage to my shoulder. My, my, my bicep was basically gone. But I just remember that initial feeling after it happened. My first thought was, from now on, short accounts with you, God. Because I was a believer. I was, it wasn't like I wasn't a believer. But I certainly, like you, what I, I wasn't really, it wasn't having an impact. But I wasn't living with a worldview that, that would people would go, wow, what's different about that guy? You know, and so, uh, hey, well, uh, we're going into our last break. Uh, you're listening to Admirals Stephen Eastberg and Mark Holcomb from the Colson Fellows here in Jacksonville. Uh, go to colsonfellows.org. You can apply. They still are taking applications for this year, starting in the fall, and uh, deadline's July 31st. Colsonfellows.org. We'll be right back with the last segment on SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, on the air in Fernandina Beach at 91.3. 
There is good news for the captive. Good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter. The one religion failed for the good Lord. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. And uh, man, I love that song. There is good news. There's good news. For people, the word good news is euangelion in the uh, the New Testament. It wasn't even a spiritual term as we shared this week. It was a secular term that could only be used when a new emperor was crowned, a new emperor was born, or an emperor won a great military battle. And we have good news that the king, King Jesus, came and he came to deliver as people. And, uh, and so why is it important for us to have a Christian worldview when we're out in the world? Well, if you are not living with a Christian worldview, that means you're probably making poor choices to demonstrate that you're part of God's kingdom. Those values that come with a Christian worldview aren't just something you're doing to earn favor with God. We, we can't earn favor with God. The only way we get favor with God is through Jesus. But if we want to have any validity in our witness, then we need to be living with a Christian worldview. Chuck Colson did it. I mean, he had a radical change after he came to faith. You read his book, Born Again, you'll see the way his life was changed. And now this whole month and uh, and for the next few weeks, we've been talking about the kingdom gospel, how it impacts us. And and so this is a very um, appropriate thing to be talking about, this Colson Fellows program. Um, Mark, how has going through the program impacted you personally? Uh, Doug, I I think the uh, the – biggest impact it had on me and 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 uh, steve's wife kathy put it really well at our uh, kickoff meeting for this year um that to, to see people with compassion not seeing the culture as an enemy but as a mission field mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if you're you're like me at all but you know you get frustrated and you can you just get kind of uh, angry about some of the things you see going on in the world because you know it's not going to lead to human flourishing that it's destructive but um, but I think it really woke me up to the fact that, you know, just like Jesus said, um, when he looked out on the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And, uh, I, I think that's, uh, the biggest thing uh, uh, John Stone street, who's the president of, uh, the Colson, uh, uh, center. Um, he puts it this way. He says, uh, he says this a lot. Ideas have consequences. Bad ideas have bad ideas have victims. Mm. And uh, I think it's changed the way I view I view myself as well as as, as others. Well, it, it, and you know when you look at our culture, and you see the bad ideas of pe- anytime somebody goes against God design, it's a bad idea. It's just it, it would. And, and, and uh, Admiral, I've used this a lot because I was a pilot and I talk about the NATOPS. You mentioned it earlier. The NATOPS is a Bible for the plane, the people that built the plane, put that book together so you can know how to fly the plane. If you violate that, well, you, you run the risk of having a very bad day. And a lot of guys have done that over the years. And in the same way with God, 
He designed us. He designed the world we live in. And to, to think that we can just disregard his design, um, it, it leads to a lot of victims out there who unknowingly, a lot of them, they don't even realize that they're going against God's design. Uh, they, in fact, they've been told that God's design is for them to be happy. And, and, and that, that's really, <laughs> I don't know that, 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 I don't even know that uh, you could say that. I mean, God wants people to understand their value. He wants people to understand his supremacy. You know, that we don't even talk a lot about that today. Um, and he wants people to understand that without Jesus, there's no hope. And, you know, people don't like to hear that because you start talking about yeah, what about the Buddhists? What about the Muslims? And what about all those people? Those are all victims. They're all victims of bad ideas. And, um, and there's people that think we're victims of bad ideas. But that's why I go back to that belief system model I mentioned earlier, that the belief system, if it's true, well, it's going to play out. And so uh, what about you, uh, Admiral? What what impact did it have on you to go through that this year, this last year? There was actually quite a few impacts. Um, one that I'll, I'll point out, I think that was a real highlight, was I think I have a much more expansive view of the gospel than I had before. Um, I always was somewhat myopic thinking that um, – you know, man is man is sinful. I am certainly sinful, and I need salvation, and that's what Christ provided for us. Um, that's I guess you could call that the two-part gospel. <laughs> but there's really a four-part gospel. God, in His omniscience, created man in His in His image, and He created the earth, and things went very wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, Christ made the sacrifice that He did for us. But He also has a plan for our redemption, and he also has a plan for our, us to assist him in restoring his creation, mm-hmm. his created order. And that last part in particular, I really didn't have a good understanding of. And I think, you know, Christians, uh, we, as Christians, we should be at, about the work of restoring God's original creation every single day of our lives. And part of that is as we interact with the world um, and sharing the gospel. And there's many other ways that we can help assist in, in restoring this creation to what it was originally intended to be all the things we've talked about so far on this show um when you were in the uh navy did, did you ever command a squadron did you ever have yes. a squad okay so as a squadron commander um did the uh individual pilots decide what they were going to do that day or did they follow the commands as they came down from whoever the supreme commander was <laughs> Very prescriptive, as you know. Yes. Uh, the flight schedule comes out every evening, and you follow. You, you'll launch on time. You brief on time. You Wait, you mean pilots can't just go get a plane and go where they want to go? Not up to their discretion. That, that's right. So in the Christian life, we've been talking about this over the past few weeks, about how the kingdom of God is what Jesus preached. That is the gospel. And so few people understand that once you become a part of the kingdom of God, you have a purpose to then serve the king of that kingdom. Paul turned it this way. He said, we've been bought with a price. And so um, I appreciate you guys bringing that out because I, we've 
been looking over the last few weeks about how few ministries and even churches teach about the kingdom. They, everybody focuses on salvation. Everybody focuses on uh, the redemption, but they don't talk about the kingdom. And the kingdom is what Jesus talked about more than anything else. And I, I don't know. I, I just I find that interesting. You know, being a military guy, I, I tend to be black and white about things. That you know, as you look at things, I, I I try to, you know, that's how they taught us. You know, we went through there, and this is what you do, and this is what it says. And um, people don't like that today. People like to be very. They use the word nuanced a lot. They like to be very gray, right? And not that there aren't gray areas in the Bible, but there are some things that are clearly definitive. One of them is that Jesus is king and he calls us to follow him. That's that. There's no debate about that. So, uh, so as we think about this Colson program, tell, tell me if I, let's say I get, uh, I apply, I get accepted. What does my next nine months look like? Like, what do I do at a meeting? Because uh, we got about five minutes left, four minutes left. I want to try to at least get, if somebody comes, what would it look like? Am I doing a lot of papers and I'm writing a lot? I know you read a lot. What 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 are you doing? One of y'all, it doesn't matter which one of y'all just. Yeah, we'll let, we'll let Steve answer because he just went through the program. Okay. So tell tell us, Admiral, give, give us the elevator uh, deal on what you do at a program meeting. Well, the, the actual cohorts meet uh, once a month over the course of about eight or nine months during the year. Uh, and that's the time together, but inter- interspersed between those meetings are just a whole array of materials that uh, you have access to that are just absolutely amazing. Uh, in terms of daily devotionals, uh, reading and discussions uh, uh, on, on, the, on the web, uh, videos, webinars, um, the, uh, the tr- there's an opportunity to develop a teaching practicum where you can actually learn to teach the materials that you've, you've been learning. And then sort of the thesis or the culmination is a... Um, a personal missions plan where you pull, put together a plan for implementing all the learning you've had in a specific missions project. Oh, that's great. So at the meeting itself, are, are you having to write or are you just discussing what you've read and having like a round table kind of discussion about issues? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's exactly it. Uh, we, we meet uh, once a month, second uh, Saturday of every month, just for the, the morning. Saturday and you morning. meet right here in Jacksonville, Yeah, right? we actually are going to be meeting at uh, Gordon-Conwell right here in the right Salem At the Salem building. Center, right where yeah, we are. Salem okay. Center. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, the uh, one of the things the students do is they each lead uh, uh, several times uh, book discussions on uh, books and sometimes topics that we're, that we're studying, you know, kind of integrating the, the webinars and the, and the books and the s- short videos and just a lot of a uh, lot of content, um, and it uh, uh, really just provides that platform for the future as well in terms of further further digging. Okay. And before we finish, I do want to mention that um, another option is the church affiliate program. Well, tell uh, me about that real quick. One minute. Give me the yeah, one minute. It speech. was uh, created to offer churches a way to provide the fellows program uh, within the context of their congregations. So it's a two stage implementation. First year, two to four members uh, from the church go through the program, like with us at the local cohort, and then the next year they kick it off with their uh, training. And uh, they they can find out more about that at the colsonfellows.org as well? Absolutely. Okay, so real quick, the website, colson, C-O-L-S-O-N, fellows.org. If you want to apply for this next year, do it now. you got about 10 days left to do it uh, and get a, a, applied. Oh, 
real quick question came up uh cost somebody uh, asked is there what what's the cost involved yeah the uh the the uh the cost is nine hundred dollars um but uh there are a number of scholarships available and special provisions that are made for full-time Christian workers. okay again in, in case you missed that because the music come in if you're a full-time christian worker uh or if you're in financial need there might be some help for you to do that so don't let finances i tell people all the time never let finances get in the way of what god's calling you to do if he wants you to do it he'll provide for it so uh admiral and uh, mark thank you all for being my guest today uh colsonfellows.org that's c-o-l-s-o-n fellows.org uh for more information you can uh, just go to that website and uh, make sure you apply don't wait till you got 